Have you ever wondered why life is like a hurricane? Have you ever wanted to solve a mystery or rewrite history? Well, if you have, then you will feel right at home on this episode of Toon Lord Done Right. Today, we will dive into the 2017 reboot of the Disney Afternoon classic that takes us on a journey to connect multiple universes, is filled with action and drama, and perhaps most importantly, drive home the message that family is the greatest adventure. So, wherever you are, take a deep breath, relax a little bit, and we will adventure with the McDuck clan in the reboot of Disney's classic, DuckTales. podcast where I take a moment to give you a quick lesson on a film, TV show character, or concept in animation. You can call me Dave the Tutor, and I'll handle your lesson for today. If you like nerdy, blurdy, cartoon, anime, and pop culture stuff, both nostalgic and new, then you're in the right place. And since you're here, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at ToonLordDR. You can also support me on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash toonlore.dr to become a part of the Toon Laureate study group, and you can get a digital certificate for signing up. And while you're here, I want to give a shout out to all of the patrons so far. You guys can get additional episodes and access to the Discord community. So thanks to everyone who's been listening to and sharing the podcast. All right, so before we dive in, I want to give you some insight on the structure of today's lesson. We're going to start off with the subject overview. Then the bulk of the show, the Toon Lord 101, followed by the hookshot and the blacklight. So with all that being said, check your syllabus, pull out your notepads, and let's jump straight into the subject overview. According to the Disney fandom and the show's official IMDb page, DuckTales 2017 is an animated series by Disney Television Animation. Based on the original series of the same name, the show premiered on August 12, 2017, making it the first Disney afternoon show to be revived or rebooted in animation form. The comedy adventure series chronicles the high-flying adventures of trillionaire Scrooge McDuck and his grandnephews Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And, of course, his temperamental nephew, Donald Duck, Launchpack McQuack, Mrs. Beakley, and her granddaughter, Webby. It initially aired on Disney XD before being moved to the main Disney Channel in May 2018, and then back to Disney XD in April of 2020. On December 2nd, 2020, it was announced that Season 3 would be the show's last season. And now that the show has ended, it has had a full run of over four years, three total seasons, and 75 episodes. While the original ran from 1987 to 1990 with a total of four seasons and 100 episodes. So, now that we have that proper framework, let's hop right into the Toon Lore 101. Like I mentioned before, DuckTales ran for about four years, but before it was a reboot, the original had a good run in the late 80s and early 90s, but also before that, the Duck story was told in a series of comic books created by Carl Barks. Now, Mr. Barks was an American cartoonist and author who essentially created all of Duckbird. The popularity of the comic spun into the original series that was helmed by Jim Maggin and Brad Landreth. 
but the reboot turned out to be the first Disney afternoon show to be revived or rebooted in animation form. And as we will see later in the show, it acts as a springboard for other afternoon classics as well. You can also catch my episode on Chippendale Rescue Rangers for some insight on that. The directors of the reboot were Matt Humphreys, who has done work on shows like The Legend of Korra, Transformers Prime, and Wolverine and the X-Men, which, as a side note, in my opinion, was one of the most underrated X-Men shows. It came out during a time where Wolverine hype was at its all-time high, and it had a great connected story in its first and only season. It sucks that it ended because... The season ended on a bit of a cliffhanger, but back to DuckTales. The other creator is Tanner Johnson, who worked on shows like Ben 10 Omniverse and Justice League Action. The IMDb page credits a host of other directors as well, but these two seem to have directed the bulk of the series. The same goes for the writers as well. There were a host of talented people who wrote for the show, but it seems as though Francisco Angones has touched the most episodes. He has also worked on shows like Wander Over Yonder, which is a show that didn't explode like I thought it would. Uh, it was released in the same window as Uncle Grandpa and Steven Universe, and I originally thought that Wander would be the best of the bunch, but Steven Universe just blasted off in popularity. So five seasons, a movie, and a 20-episode sequel series later, Steven was like, this is not even a contest. Not even a contest. Anywho, forgive me guys. I know that I am prone to go on tangents, but back to the topic at hand. Matt Youngberg, the show's co-creator and executive producer, who worked on shows like The Batman, Teen Titans, along with Batman the Brave and the Bold, did an amazing job of helming the show. The updated character designs are boss quality, and you can see a lot of their process work by going to characterdesignreferences.com. I will have a direct link to DuckTales in the show notes as well. But seeing some of the character studies by Dave Alvarez is just mwah, beautiful. Now, if you do go to the character design reference site, then make sure you have a lot of time because every time I visit the site, I go down a rabbit hole of awesome. From American cartoons like Batman Beyond and Coco to anime like Cash Shurn Sins, which is a super depressing but beautiful show, looking at artwork here just really brings me life. With that in mind, even though the character designs are great and are awesome reimaginings of the original show, it's the story that really gets me hype about the show. Aside from the really slow part in season two when we are following a single character, the story progresses well and is full of action and intrigue. Things start off lighthearted, but as the show progresses, we find just how much depth the show has to it. Completing all three seasons recontextualizes the beginning and makes me excited to go for a second round. The writers include Francisco Angones, Matt Youngberg, Madison Beatman, Noel Stevenson, Megan Gonzalez, Colleen Evenson, and more. Among them, they have credits on things like the College Humor Originals, so that's a throwback, the She-Ra reboot, and Wander Over Yonder, and more. Now for the characters. There are a lot of primary, secondary, and tertiary characters that I think honestly are all important, um, but talking just about the McDuck family alone could take up an entire episode. But since I'm here to give you the TLDR, I will try to make it as streamlined as possible. Starting off, we have Huey, Dewey, and Louie, also known as Hubert, Duford, and Llewellyn, also known as Jet, Turbo, and Rebel, and they are really the, in my opinion, the heart of the show. The nephews of Donald and grandnephews of Scrooge and McDuck, these triplets truly helped me to build a connection with the world. 
Huey, voiced by Danny Pudi, who is Abed from Community. Dewey, voiced by Ben Schwartz, who is known for his roles in Parks and Rec and as the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog in the live-action uh, Sonic movie. And then there is Louie, voiced by Bobby Moynihan Jr., who is most known for his run on SNL from 2008 to 2017. DuckTales is a family affair at heart, but when it all boils down to it, it's the triplet story, really. We are introduced to the McDuck family through their eyes and grow with them as an audience. And we are further endeared to them as we see how much their Uncle Donald really cares for them. Speaking of Donald, he's voiced by Tony Anselmo, who has been the official voice of Donald Duck since 1985. So talk about job security. (laughs) When looking through his IMDb page, he has basically just been Donald for the entirety of his acting career. However, he has a number of credits as an animator ranging back to The Black Cauldron and Great Mouse Detective in the late 80s. And a short film called Hullabaloo. This was originally a crowdfunded film on Indiegogo back in 2014 and raised over $450,000. The project now seems to be entering into its final phases and looks promising with its steampunk style. I'll put a link to it in the description of of the show. Now back to Donald. There are a few points in the series that Donald Duck is voiced by Don Cheadle. So apparently in his head, Donald sounds like the guy who plays War Machine in the MCU. Moving on, we have the main man himself, Scrooge McDuck. He is a Scotsman who is tougher than the toughies, smarter than the smarties, and sharper than the sharpies. Well, let's just hear from him. Who's this? Throughout the show, he often boasts that he made all of his money fair and square, and that is really what sets him apart from his self-proclaimed rival, Flintheart Glumgold, but more on him later. Uh, voiced by Scottish actor David Tennant, who I became familiar with, on the Marvel Netflix show Jessica Jones, but I'm sure most other people worldwide know him as the 10th Doctor. Then we have Webigail Vanderclack, or Webby for short. Um, she lives in the McDuck Manor along with Uncle Scrooge and her grandmother, Mrs. Beakley. Voiced by Kate McCucci, known for her work as Velma in Scooby-Doo and Guess Who? She has appeared as Velma in a number of spinoffs, movies, and guest appearances. Uh, she is Lucy from The Big Bang Theory, and my personal favorite, she is Sadie Miller from Steven Universe. Webby is always positive and loves to dive into the mysteries of the McDuck family. She is also a capable fighter in her own right, who received a great deal of training from her grandmother, Mrs. Beakley. Now, Mrs. Beakley, also known as Agent 22, was formerly a secret agent that would adventure with Uncle Scrooge from time to time in the past. However, shortly after she took custody of Webby, she moved in with Scrooge for a somewhat safer life. Voiced by Nigerian actress Tox Alagundoye, known for her roles as Kimmy Talbot from Veep, Claire from Law & Order, Haley Shipton from Castle, and Mayor Nanifu from Steven Universe. So this show is getting a lot of Steven Universe love. (laughs) Anyway, Mrs. Beakley acts as a mother figure to the McDuck family and ensures that everyone is combat ready. As a contemporary of Scrooge McDuck, she keeps Scrooge grounded in a way that the others just simply can't. Speaking of being grounded, next we have Launchpad McQuack. 
voiced by Beck Bennett, known for his eight-year run on SNL, also known as Austin Vandersleet from Marvel's MODOK series, and he is known as Eric or some of the other PAL robots in Mitchells vs. the Machines. Launchpad has a huge heart and is willing to transport the McDuck family anywhere at a moment's notice, which shoots Scrooge well since we never know where we'll end up. It should also be noted that it's great that Launchpad is nearly fearless because he is constantly crashing the vehicles that he drives. Whether it's a boat, a limo, or a plane, you name it, he's wrecked it. I'm gonna wreck it! Then we have the equally clumsy character Fenton, who is also known as Gizmo Doug in the show, voiced by Lynn manuel Miranda, the creator of the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, also the voice of Vivo in the Netflix animated film of the same name, writer and executive producer of In the Heights, a theatrical musical with an all-Latinx cast based on a play by the same name, also written by Miranda. Fenton is a highly intelligent duck that wants to do well and live up to his potential, but sometimes his well-meaning actions cause him to make more problems than solutions. He even falls in love with a villain at one point, which causes other characters to kind of question his motive, so you can see where his struggle really is. Okay, so... Now, after all that, we get to take a look into some of the villains. Uh, we'll start off with Scrooge's longest standing villain, Magica Dispel, voiced by Catherine Tate, known for her roles as Neely Bartram from The Office and Donna Noble from Doctor Who. Magica is constantly after Scrooge's number one dime, as it is the key for her hostile takeover. Scrooge's number one dime is the first dime that he ever earned fair and square and seems to be the source of his good luck. At first, Magica seems like a traditional villain, but as time goes on, we find that there's more depth to her character and more depth for her hatred of Scrooge McDuck. Even her pet crow gets a compelling backstory by the end of it. And then we have Mark Beeks, clearly a parody of Mark Zuckerberg and other tech-savvy millennials and Gen Zers. He is a tech entrepreneur that values getting likes over hard work. Voiced by Josh Brainer, who has played roles like Donnie from The Rise of the TMNT, Nelson Bigetti from Silicon Valley, and Zach Miller from Glory Days. Mark Beeks often clashes with Scrooge and Gizmo Duck because of his many, many get-rich-quick schemes. After being foiled for so long, however, those schemes soon turn into revenge plots. Now, I cannot talk about revenge plots without talking about perhaps the most bombastic of all DuckTales villains, and that is Flintheart Glumgold. I am the richest dog in the world! I am unstoppable! I am Flintheart Glumgold! <laughs> now, Glumgold is voiced by Keith Ferguson. Known for his roles as Blue from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Marluxia from Kingdom Hearts, uh, Lord Hater from Wander Over Yonder, and Reaper from Overwatch. Glumgold is a twisted guy that has devoted his entire life to destroying Scrooge McDuck and becoming the richest duck in the world. His schemes are over the top, elaborate for no reason, and ironically... The amount of money that he spends on his lust to take down Scrooge is often the one thing that stops him from surpassing Scrooge in the first place. I also think that it is hilarious. Everything from his takeover of the intro theme to when he broke out and started dancing to T-Pain at a funeral, he is definitely the standout villain for me. Now, with that being said, this is just a small amount of the many amazing characters in the show. So... 
With that business done, let's go into the hook shot. Now we've come to the portion of the show that I like to call the hook shot. This is where I watch some or all of the show or film at hand. And if I'm hooked, then I'll let you know if you should give it a shot. Think of it as a mini review. Now, I don't really like giving numbers or letters for my reviews. So my ratings will be skip it, try it, watch it or bench it. Check out my episode on Cannon Busters if you want a full breakdown of how I analyze shows. So starting off with the story. To me, DuckTales is a masterclass on how to reboot a property. They are so good at it that they reimagined other Disney properties within the DuckTales show. And with one exception, it didn't feel the least bit forced. We have Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, Bonkers, The Three Caballeros, Goof Troop, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Quack Pack, Gargoyles, and then the kind of forced Gummy Bears. And they all see a pseudo-second life with DuckTales. But more on that when we talk about the support characters. Now, as for the DuckTales overall narrative, on my first viewing, I was surprised at how connected everything was. When I first went into it, I was expecting episodic adventures, and I did get that. But I also got a narrative through line that I didn't expect. As we journey with the McDuck clan, we experience life through each of their lives. And while we start the story off with Huey, Dewey, and Louie and see much of the world through their eyes, the story is truly a family affair and one that I loved. What I love most about the story here is that it had a proper ending. Yes, they could believably bring the show back after the third and final season, but I left the final episode satisfied with where everything landed. I honestly go back from time to time just to watch the series finale and it just brings me so much joy. I mean, the last three minutes are so just mwah, perfect to me. Now, when I think about the pacing of the show, I ask myself, do I want to come back after each episode? And the answer to that is yes. And did the ending feel meaningful? And the answer to that is also absolutely yes. Okay, so let's start with how things feel episode to episode. The show started off, in my mind, fairly episodic. So the family would have an adventure, and in most cases, the problem would be solved in that episode. The characters were compelling, so it made me want to see what hijinks they got into. However, once the mystery of the kid's mom started, the tone of the show made a very welcome change. And in season one, it culminated in one of the most sobering backstories for Scrooge and Donald that I've ever seen. It was honestly an episode that almost made me drop a tear. Uh, I didn't expect them to cover such heavy themes in the show, but as I said before, it was a very welcome change. Now, I did mention earlier that in season two, there were some slow bits, but even with the slowness, it all pays off in the end. Now, for the main characters, do they develop well and entertain me? Absolutely, yes. Coming from what I remembered from the original show, I didn't expect much in the area of character development. I expected the situations to change and for the adventures to get bigger, but I didn't expect for each character to become so distinct and valuable. Huey, Dewey, and Louie became very distinct characters, and I saw that there was more to Donald than just hijinks and anger management issues. As the show went on, I knew that I wanted to stick with this crew. Now, for the support characters, support characters can be tricky in shows sometimes, but I like to ask myself, would I want to know more about them in a spinoff series or a mini arc in the next season? And 
Of course, the answer to that is yes. Now, as a huge Dragon Ball fan, I constantly lament on how beloved characters can be underused. So we have characters like Gohan, Tien, Shinhan, and of course my favorite, Krillin, that are criminally underused in that series. So as you watch the series, I'm pretty happy to say that there are no adult Gohans or Yamchas in this group that have character potential that is not capitalized on. I'm extremely happy with how things turned out and the only other shows in recent memory that put this much time and effort into the side characters is Steven Universe and maybe Craig of the Creep. And by the end of DuckTales Season 3, the DuckTales world feels fully realized and inhabited. The side characters build the environment and make these fantastical events seem more believable. For the villains, the question that I ask changes from show to show, but I often like to keep in mind, like, do they mirror the main character or are they a good foil for them or even do I sympathize with them? And the answer to all three of those questions is yes, because there are so many villains. While a lot of the villains are over the top, they feel they feel appropriate. Magica is a complex villain from Scrooge's past. Glumgold and the Beagles are a kind of nuisance from Scrooge's present. And Mark Beeks is a villain that threatens Scrooge's future. And the final villain of season three is a clever combination of all of those elements. I know that these enemies all seem very Scrooge focused, but trust me, there is definitely more depth to them when you watch the show. For the action, I like to ask myself, are the action sequences earned and do they advance the story? And I'd say for this show, yeah, for the most part. While there is a fair amount of combat in the show, it's not the show's main focus. I can't remember a specific moment where I thought that it was particularly bad. It just overall fit to me. To highlight a couple of action sequences, the Webby versus Magicka fight was awesome and the Darkwing Duck versus Drake Mallard was awesome in my opinion. Moving on to the comedy and emotional impact. Do I feel the feelings that they want me to feel? And the answer to that is yes. There are plenty of feel-good moments and even tear-jerking moments, and they all pretty much hit for me. Like I said a bit earlier, it's the sober moments that really resonate with me the most. There is a point when, for good reason, the entire family turns their back on Scrooge and it is great. I won't give any spoilers on why that happens and when that happens, but when you come across it, I'm sure you're going to love it. And lastly, I like to look at the animation quality. Does the style look consistent and does it look fluid for me? And of course, yeah, I mean, the animation gets no complaints from me. It looks crisp and clean through and through. So as I look over the material put in front of me on a scale of skip it, try it, watch it, or binge it, I would give DuckTales an absolute rating of binge it. Watch it all at one time if you can. Now, before I let you go, I want to take you to the part of the show that I like to call the blacklight. Here, I scour the farthest, darkest corners of the internet to showcase pieces of work or an artist that has piqued my interest. Today, I want to highlight the Hey Hyrus podcast. The Hey Hyrus podcast is run by two amazing artists, Ariel and Abigail. You can find them on Instagram at Yelly Draws. That's Y-E-L-L-I-E-D-R-A-W-S and at Abigail, E-B-B-I-G-A-L, respectively. On each episode of the Hey Hyrus podcast, they spend about an hour or so interviewing and joking around with other amazing artists. 
the common thread through each episode is that these amazing artists are still looking for work. So after you go listen to their podcast, spread the word so that they can get hired. So far, my favorite episode has been episode 22 with David Niemczyk, who is a talented storyboard artist and prop designer. In this episode, they talk about his amazing attention to detail, and we learn a little bit about his individual story. We learned that he is a lapsed One Piece fan, and I'm hoping that he can come back into the fold because both the anime and the manga of this arc has been tight. Oh, and I have to talk about episode 23 with Senta Kamiya, who they journey with as she talks about how her home country influenced her first set of comments and her work now. I highly recommend that you tune in to the Hey Hyros podcast, and it gets better and better with each episode. So check it out right after you like, share, and subscribe to Toon Lord Done Right. And don't forget to go to the website, toonlorddr.com slash reviews to leave us a nice review. Whew. With that being said, this has been Toon Lore Done Right. Don't forget to like, share, review, comment, and subscribe. I can't wait to see what new people and countries that we can reach. If you still can't get enough of DuckTales after you're done with this episode, there is a cool YouTube channel that is almost totally dedicated to analyzing DuckTales characters and their stories. It's called Sinaikus. S-E-A-N-I-C-C-U-S. If I had to suggest a good place to start, I'd go with the video titled Rebooting Webby. It's short and to the point, and it's a cool look at the classic Webby. And he has short little videos like this for almost every character in the DuckTales show. So with that in mind, thanks for sticking with Toon Lord Right so far. You can make suggestions on future episodes by joining the Patreon and by hitting me up on Instagram and on Twitter at ToonLoreDR. So, until the next time I can give you the TLDR on a film, TV show character, or concept in animation, it's been real. Mm-hmm.